Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Heather McDonald has got the juices scoop. When you're on the road, when you're on the go, Juicy Scoop is the show to know. She talks Hollywood tales for real life, Mr. Segment, serial data, and serial sister. You'll be addicted and addicted fast to the number one tabloid real life podcast. Listen in, listen up. Woo woo. Heather McDonald. Juicy Scoop. Hello and welcome to Juicy Scoop. I'm recording this from my beautiful room at the Palazzo Tower where I performed at the Venetian Saturday night to so many Juicy Scoopers. Sold out show. It was all that I ever wanted. It was my favorite show that I've ever done. And I've gotten an incredible amount of compliments and so many in person because the next day, Sunday, yesterday, I went to BravoCon with Brandy and Julie and my sister Shannon and my son Drake. And we had so much fun. I loved meeting so many of you. And it seems like everyone really had a blast. I'm going to get more into that on Thursday's show. But um, in a nutshell, I think they did it. It really ran smoothly. It was a lot of fun moments I saw, but not really very juicy. I think the juiciest moment was at the Heather McDonald live show. And I talked a little bit about that on my Patreon, which you can listen to right now. I dropped a special one on Sunday. Um, but we did go to the final Watch What Happens Live last night. We got tickets to that. And it was like the shade room. And it really just wasn't very shady. I think people were really on their best behavior as far as like dropping juice or really dissing each other. And the, the best line was they asked this girl from Dubai, and I'm not that familiar with her, but she was very funny. And they said, who do you think up here wears the most fake designers? And she said, she by Sheree, Sheree. And Sheree got up and that was kind of funny because she like had hurt her leg and she's like hobbling around. And she's like, this dress is Alexander McQueen. And the other housewife goes, Alexander McQueen or Alexander McSheen? That by far was, I think, the highlight. Also, um, Vander the Vanderpump guys, Tom Sandoval and James Kennedy had a push-up contest and James won. I think those were like the things people are kind of talking about. So there should be more fun stuff like that in the future. But I will do a, a better review and everybody they met and talked to and the juiciness. But we had the best time, killed it, went to great dinners, just had so much fun. And now I have a great interview I did with the real-life wife of The Wolf of Wall Street. You probably remember the movie. The real wife is here. Of course, they've since divorced, and she's gone on to be a therapist helping people that are in narcissistic relationships. So very, very juicy conversation that you guys are going to get to listen to now. Enjoy. Well, we have an exciting show, don't we? I am with uh, Dr. Nay, but her real name is Nadine Macaluso. She has a new book, Run Like Hell. You can get it for pre-order. But I'm so excited to talk to you because, first of all, you're so fun on TikTok and everything. But you are the real-life woman who married the Wolf of Wall Street. So Margot Robbie played you in the movie. Leonardo DiCaprio played your now ex-husband. Correct. Which is 
The Wolf of Wall Street is one of my favorite movies. It's trending on Netflix right now. And you just said it's been 10 years. Yes, 10 year anniversary. Since it's come out. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I want to get all into it. But I mean, I loved that movie. And that was really the first thing we saw Margot Robbie in. Yes. And I, I remember going this, not like I can, I, I'm sure everyone in Hollywood said the same thing, but I was like, this girl is a star. This yes. is she. I, did you like the way she played you? Oh, I mean, I loved it. She yeah. was fabulous. And I actually got to meet her because I'm from Brooklyn and they wanted my Brooklyn accent. So they asked me, will you meet Margot Robbie? And I said, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so before. Okay. Yes. Yes. So let's just kind of get into your background. Okay. And, you know, we, we saw the movie, remind people of the movie, what obviously things are exaggerated for the movie, but um, the story of the Wolf of Wall Street, in case you don't know, is about your husband, Jordan, ex-husband. Yes. And he was just a go-getter and he really rose on Wall Street, but he wasn't doing everything correctly. <laughs> And it all came crashing down. But along with it, what made the movie, which is one of the genres of of film I love, is like cocaine, partying, yes. New York lifestyle, that 80s fast. And we see all that happening, 80s, 90s, 90s, 90s yeah. more 90s. Yep. Yep. And it's just a great, great movie. So if you haven't seen it, I say definitely watch that, then order her book. But let's get a little bit into your background of like where you grew up and everything. Yeah. So I grew up in Brooklyn in the 70s, which was a great time in life. I wish we could go back to that time in Brooklyn with a single mom. And I had a really charmed, easy life. And then I grew up poor, so I needed to make money. And nobody was handing me any money. Yeah. And so I went to become a model because I needed money. That was simply the reason why. And, and did you know growing up that you were exceptionally pretty like when does a when does a really pretty person know that they're pretty you know i had no idea and then at 13 everybody started to act really differently towards me and i was just kind of like what's happening and somebody on my street had asked me to be in a movie and then i started to realize it but it is a strange phenomenon i have a very attractive friend still very pretty today yeah and her she was from a single mom too who had her very young so the mom was always young and pretty yes and i remember the mom telling me she goes i remember the first time like somebody was asking me for directions or something like a man and then they were no longer looking at me right and they were looking at Yes. No, I now 13 year old daughter yes. is like, you know, quite attractive. Yes. So, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. And my mom was 19 when she had me. Oh, wow. so very, very similar. very similar. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I started to model in the city and was running around the city having the time of my life. It was hard modeling. You know, you have to have very thick skin. So you started to do that. Like high school, college? Or? I did that. Well, I did that at the end of high school and college. But my mother was very against it. She was very into education. Okay. And she did not like it, but I literally needed to make money. So I yeah. was like, sorry, mom, got to do it. And then I was running around the city and making a lot of money and having fun, dating all these rich playboys in Manhattan. And, actually, and that's just like in the movie. I went to Jordan's house in West Hampton. At a party. At a party. At a big party, a big West yes. Hampton's party. That's a great scene. Yeah. A big party. And when you went to the party, just someone was like, let's go to this killer party in the Hamptons. My boyfriend. Oh, you're with somebody. Okay. I was with somebody, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so tell that story. How did you meet? Yeah, so we pull up to this big white house on the beach. I have, you know, I'm 22. I mean, totally clueless. Just in, so I'm like, oh, we're going to have a great time. We're going to meet some nice people. And we walk in. And everybody's acting so weird. 
Now, I don't know they're all on quaaludes. <laughs> okay. So they're all like slurring and like a little strange. And then, but it, what happens in the movie happens in real life. One of the men pulls out his penis, like, or in, in front of me, and I'm mortified. And I look at my boyfriend, I'm like, we got to get out of here. This is like, I almost felt scared. Yeah. And then we left. But I guess Jordan had seen me. I mean, I met Jordan briefly. I barely even remember meeting him at Did the party. Did you even realize he was the owner of the house? No, I don't okay. even think so. I don't even think so. It was such a blur. And then I guess he saw me and he had the, this white Ferrari Testarossa with a muffler that you could hear from 10 blocks away. So I could hear him circling around the Hamptons looking for me, <laughs> even though he was married. Okay, so then, so when... What happened then? Did, how did he get you to go out? So then what happened is this older woman kept calling me and saying, do you want to go out? Do you want to go out? And I was like, why the hell does this woman want to go out with me? But I'm people pleaser, especially yeah. at 22. So I was like, sure. She said, well, that guy, Jordan Belfort's going to come. So what is he coming for? Is so he, he was kind of using her to facilitate oh, the Oh, he day. paid her $15,000. To find you, befriend you, and get you to come to a restaurant. Yes. Which then he would show up at. Yes, Exactly. Oh my God. So he like saw you and was just, it was like a, I guess. like, I've got to have it. The <laughs> ultimate goal, like yeah. fixation. Yes. Okay. And so I had no idea. I'm this naive, like, doo -doo 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 -doo, you know, yeah. and I see him come out of his Ferrari with his white cowboy boot, with his cowboy boots. And he sits down next to me at Mezzaluna in the city. It's a great restaurant. And we start talking. I'm from Brooklyn. He's from Queens. I have no idea I'm set up. And we just got along great. Oh, is the woman still there? Or is she yeah, she there? was there. Okay. She was there. And then yeah. he was like, I'll drive you home. And I lived in Brooklyn Heights at the time. So he drove me home. And then he started to like touch my leg. I was like, hmm, this guy might like me. Uh-huh. And then we pulled up to my house. And, and is that the scene yeah. that we see where you're where he's like, what, can a guy have friends? No, it's oh, a little it was a different it one. It was a little uh, okay. bit different. A okay. little bit different. But um yeah, and then he he said to me, Oh, what's your phone number? And I said, I'm listed under Ophelia Lopez. Figure it out. Because that was my best friend that I lived with. Oh, oh, okay. And then the next day I came home. Because there's like no a, cell phones. So no, there's to, no cell phones. They have to sell the, call the apartment and you guys split the, split the yes. phone bill down. Yes, okay, yes. Yeah. And so then I come home the next day because I'm throwing a party for my best friend for her birthday. And there are... I can't even, 300 bouquets of flowers. I can't fit them in my apartment. Just the overdoing of everything. And everybody's like, you didn't sleep with him? I'm like, no, I, don't, I didn't even know I was going on a date. Yeah. Yeah, and that's how it started. And so, um, okay, so then when did you know that he was married and what did he say about that? Okay, so then I think I left to go model in Chicago for a while and then... We we kind of lost touch after that, and but then, at that point you had been romantic then. No, we hadn't been romantic okay. yet. We got romantic like that was probably the summer. We didn't get romantic till around December. Okay, and so that's when he told. Um, I don't know. Somebody said to me, "I saw Jordan," or we got connected again, and he told me he was separated. He had an apartment in the city, and so I really thought he was separated, but. Now I know that wasn't clearly the case. Okay. And unfortunately. And he had a couple kids or did he have no kids no with kids, her? No, no kids. No kids with her. Okay. No kids with her. And then we went out on a date and that was it. We and fell madly in love. Then you fell in love with him. Yeah, we fell madly in love. And so when he's just, you know, doing amazing, we see in the movie, the yachts of this, the that, yes. we see the John Hamm character who's, you know, kind of, 
thinking something's up with his yes. business. Did you were you clueless? Did you not? What was it like to be the woman of the guy? We see this a lot now with housewives and stuff. Yes. I didn't know what was going on, which I totally can see what, how that would be. Especially yes. when you come into the marriage and he's already doing so well. Yes. You know what I mean? It's already, not like you yes. guys grew, you no, know, built and he, it together. And he's, he's a very extraordinarily bright man. Uh-huh. Very bright man. And I mean, I never knew from money like this. Yeah. You know, when we first met, I was going to Aspen. He's like, here's 15000 I couldn't even spend it. To get outfits and stuff. Yeah. I couldn't even spend it. I bought my mother a stereo. I didn't even know what to do with the money, honestly. And it was, I mean, listen, it was so much fun. The limos, the dinners, the, and just being so in love. And it it just, he swept me off my feet. He really did. He was good at it. Okay. So then you get, you decide to get married. Yes, this, yeah, this is when it starts to get tricky. Okay, explain this. Yeah, so this one starts to get tricky because Jordan's used to getting whatever he wants. And so he's a member, he's a salesman. Right. So he starts to high pressure sales tactic me, right? He's like, we have to get married. Now, how long have you been dating at this point? Six months. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to get married. I'm 22, 23 years old. We're not, I don't want to get married. If you don't marry me, I'm not dating you. I was like, all right, I guess I'll get married. Yeah, because you loved him. Because I loved him. And then I just was like, oh, he just must love me so much that he wants to. And then it's like, if you don't have a baby right away, then I'm not going to marry you. So he was always moving the goalposts. So you want to get you pregnant right away. So right you'd be away. Trapped. Yes, yes. I want to talk a little bit about that. Then I want to go back into the movie. Sure. I do think um, in your book, you really get into details and you really explain things. I think this is a great book. And by the way, it comes out when? January? January 9th. And I said, what a great book to pre-order. January is that month that you're like, let me work on a little thing, a little of everything in right. my life, fitness, right. health, sure. mental. And and I just think this is like so ex- interesting because I was telling my Pilates uh, instructor that I work with and I said, oh, my interview today is I was yeah. explaining who you were. And she goes, what is love bombing? And right. she's like, oh, I think she thought love bombing was when they try to get back together with you. Right. And I was like, no, my understanding is love bombing is this initial thing, much like your situation with Jordan, yes. where they're so into it, moves so much faster than other people you've dated. Correct. That it, I believe it convinces you that if this guy loves, likes me this much and is so into me and is so making plans so much, then this must be the right person for me, right? Correct. Because yes. he yes. thinks I'm this great and I've never had anyone think I'm this great before. Yes, correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's the intensity of it. It's the over-the-top generosity, the helpfulness, the um, like intense attention towards you, t- constant flattery. It's just coming at you, coming at you, coming at you. And it actually kind of puts you in a trance. Yeah. Yeah, where you just... Like, oh, this is fabulous. And did, um, I mean, I would think everybody, like, was your mom happy for you? Was she suspicious at all? Or was she like, this is, we hit the jackpot? She was, but my mom was a very bright woman. God bless her soul. And she, uh, she sat me down before we got married. She goes, you know, you don't have to do this. And I was like, but mom, I love him. <laughs> and so, and then we got married. Yeah. Yeah. And why did she say that? Because she was suspicious I of this think behavior. She might have been suspicious and I think she knew I was so young. Yeah. You know, what the hell did I know? You know, at 22, you think you know so much. Right. And I was I didn't know anything. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so you have a beautiful wedding. Yes. And then he's like, I want you off the pill, get pregnant right away, whatever. Yeah, well, I was actually pregnant at my wedding, but oh, I had okay. a miscarriage. Okay. Um, yeah, and I Sorry. do a TikTok about that. Uh-huh. Where, you know, the night before my wedding, um, he's wasted. Now, I say to this guy, I'm going to get married. I'm going to have your baby. You would think he's be present with me. No. So the night before our wedding, we get into a big fight because he's he's stoned the night before. And what was his drugs Qua and alcohol? His Quaalude. Quaaludes with alcohol or what? Mostly just Quaaludes. You don't really need a lot of alcohol. Is Quaaludes even like around anymore? No, you can't get them anymore. Oh. Because they were so good, they banned them. Right. Well, that was what they talked about at the Playboy Mansion. Yes. Yeah. The leg spreaders yes, is what he called. Yes. Them. Yes. Yeah. So, but so we got married, and um, and then you know life, our crazy life began. So then, what happened? Was it? Did you feel an immediate change right after the marriage with him, or like once he got you? Once. Yeah, it was. A, it was slow. It started. I would say six months with the intimidating and threatening behavior of you know you got to marry me or I won't be with you. You got to have babies or I won't marry you. You know, I started to see it, but I had never seen anything like that before. And I grew up in a very calm home without because my dad, my parents were divorced, so I didn't even know from yelling and all of this intimidating behavior. So I was kind of shocked by it, and I really didn't know how to handle it. And I am from Brooklyn. I'm no wallflower, so I mm -hmm. would push back him, but I was no match for him and his temper. And then I just started to see more of the anger and the control. Yeah. He really needed to control me. And how would he, how are some ways that he would do that? Oh, just, um, you could just feel it like, how can I think about it? Like where I was going, who I was going with. You can't be friends with that person. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, don't wear that or. And when that happens, is it just that you do push back. Yeah. Right. But then it's my understanding that when people are in these situations, you push back. But it's it's like even though you like this girl and you know she's not bad news or anything, but the husband is like, I don't want you being friends with that person. Yes. They're not good for you. They're not your friend or whatever. That by the third fight, you're like, I, you know what? Yeah. I guess I won't meet them for lunch because right. it's like I don't want to come yes. back from lunch and fight all night. Like, right. and then so then all of a sudden that's when the isolation then yes. starts, right? Yes, yes, and it, that's like I said. So it's little things, you know. Yeah. Then then they all start to add up, right? And then all of a sudden you lose yourself, right? And you and that's it's a very it's a very slow burn. Uh huh. So you have your first child, yes. And who's that, Chandler? Okay, and so how old? She, Chandler's now 30. Okay, great. And she's a therapist. Oh, great. Yeah, she's amazing. And then you had another one? I have a boy. Okay. Yes, his name's Carter. He's a musician. Oh, great. Also fantastic. So you have, we see in the movie, you guys have the the two kids. and Yes. And when one of the, tell me about the scene <laughs> on the yacht oh, yeah. in Italy. Yeah, yeah. And what what is the truth of that night versus what we saw? Because- you know, the helicopter comes to save you, but then the helicopter goes down. Yes. Like what? That was all very true. Oh, really? It was okay. the first time I had left my children because my son was really young. And I remember I even um, like went to the backyard and got rocks with them and painted a box so they could shake it if they miss me. I taped bedtime stories for them. It's a big deal to leave them. And we go on the yacht. And we land in Rome. I guess we were going from Rome to Sardinia. And are you with... Um who is the guy that plays his best friend? What's his name? The actor. Um, 
Oh, Jonah. Jonah yeah, Hill. He, he wasn't on that. He okay, wasn't there okay. then. It was different friends. It was, it was different friends. It was, okay. three, it was three other couples. And we get there and it, the captain's like, it's going to be a little stormy, but we're pretty serious boats people by that yeah. point. And Jordan's like, let's go. And we're sleeping and the waves were pretty strong. And all of a sudden I look up in the stateroom and I see water coming down on the bed. And I'm like, what is happening? And I go up there and we had a little dinghy, a boat in the back called the Chandler. And all of a sudden it gets pushed out to the ocean. And I say to the captain, you got to call a Mayday. He's like, well, if we call a Mayday, you better you better get off this yacht. I said, well, we're going to get off the yacht dead or alive. Like, we got to call the Mayday. And we were in Italy, so the Italian Coast Guard didn't speak English, really. And so they called the Mayday, but then the waves were coming so intensely. We got caught in a squall, and they couldn't come save us. And so what happens is that, you know, you think everybody's going to scream in those situations. But now I know as a trauma therapist, everybody starts to get really quiet and shut down. Because oh. they think they're going to die. And um, what happened was the Italian co Navy was going somewhere and they rerouted them and sent an Intrepid to us What's to come save us. Mean? Like a huge, huge oh, ship like, uh -huh. to come save us. And at 5.30 in the morning, this was after hours. I lost 12 pounds in 18 hours from nerves. When I got off the boat, I looked like a refugee. Because I really thought I was going to die. Can you really lose weight like that? <laughs> I mean, or at least I looked like it. Like I okay. lost a crazy amount of weight. And then they said, um, you put, you have, you can have nothing on your person, get on the deck. And a frog man came, got me, wrapped me up, hoisted me 40 feet up into a helicopter. And we all did it one by one and got saved and lived. And then the boat went down? And then the boat went down. Because if you don't drive into the waves... Yeah, that was I had a I had a license plate. And did on, the helicopter come that was trying to save you that he ordered? Did that really go down? Well, we had a helicopter on the yacht. So oh. the yacht had a helicopter and a seaplane because Jordan goes big or goes home. Yeah. So we actually had to push the helicopter off the yacht oh. for the how the helicopter to land. Okay. But then the, the that helicopter never came. Right. Okay. Uh, right. So uh, the one did come that came and saved us. Okay, right. Yes. So it was crazy. And but in the movie, it's like he pushed for this, even though they didn't really they they some there was a character that said, like, I don't think it's safe. And he's like, I don't care. We've got to get there. Because, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a little bit true. I don't uh, think Jordan wanted to put us in peril. I don't think he understood. But you have to remember that sort of personality is grandiose. They're larger than life. Right. They think they can handle and manage anything. But. No, the sea, you got to respect. Now, did your mom have a relationship with them? I'm trying to remember yes, if I'm... she did. And what was the deal with that? They had a, they had a good enough relationship. Yeah. yeah, my mom was very respectful of him. Uh-huh. And, um, okay, so when did the marriage then, like, what happened? I don't remember. Like, did yes. he go to prison and then you break up? What happened? Well, it's different than what they show in uh -huh. the movie. Well, what happened in real life? Yeah, what happened in real life is that Jordan's drug addiction got so insane and it just, our life got out of control. And I used to fight with him and you have to get sober, you have to get sober, you're killing yourself. And you know, people that are addicted to drugs don't listen. I didn't know anything about drug addiction, right? right. I didn't know how to handle it. I was in therapy at the time. And so- And did you have those moments, like now I'm just remembering, yeah. where he was wasted and he tries to take the kids from you? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I can't even imagine how scary that is yeah, when yeah. your partner, you know, is not in the right mind and your kids are with them or he's trying to take the kids. Yeah, there were two. That, that was the, the big moment in our life when I said to him, we had gone to a drug counselor and 
he didn't come back the next day. And the drug counselor looked at me and she said, if you don't leave this man, you're going to get cancer. And she snapped me. And then that night I went home. Just I, cancer from the stress of yeah, life. She was, I was like, you have Your to- Your physical health Yeah, she was like, this is way too toxic. So I said to him, you have to get sober. I said, I'm not going to sit here and watch you kill yourself. I mean, this is insanity. You know, and so that's when he went crazy, threw my clothing, jewelry, lit them on fire, put them in the fireplace. And I went into my closet and I leaned on the wall and I said, God, give me the strength to do this. And he went crazy. I left that night. My housekeeper was there. I knew my kids were safe. And then I came back. And that's when he said to me, I'm taking our daughter to Florida. I chartered a private plane. Now, I know he's wasted out of his mind. I'm like, over my dead body, you're doing that. And I went after him. And luckily, my mother had told me, call the police before you get home because tell them you're going to home to a domestic violence situation. And I chased after him. He did kick me down the stairs. Luckily, I was in really good shape at 31. And I called the police and they came. And that was when he drove my daughter into the garage. Because, but I, I, we, we all were fine. But because I, my mother told me to call the police, they came and I was able to stop him because I said to my housekeeper, close the garage door. And we were able to stop him. And that's when he drove us on to the garage door. And then the police came. And and so then, then, then you were done. Yeah. Yeah. After that. And was he cheating on you during that time? Had he ever, did you ever catch him cheating or was it just I the never, drugs? I never caught him cheating. Okay. That was more for the movie, I think. Uh, and he needed to write it like that, which is, that's his prerogative. Yeah. Um, but after that, we did stay. He did go to rehab. He did get sober. And we did stay together for a year, but I was done after that. And then when did he, all the legal stuff happen and you realized it was all so, crashing down? So then he got arrested. And this is a very important point is that people say, oh, you know, you left him because you lost all his money. No. Mm -mm. I did it because he was now the government's problem. I knew I was safe. Yeah. You know, and I and I tried to stay with him and stick it out after he was sober. But when somebody kicks you down the stairs... It's just not, you can't really love them again. But I tried. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then he got arrested and I knew that he was the government's problem. I was safe now because he's very rich and powerful. You know, I was afraid to divorce him. Right. I didn't know if he could take the kids. Um, and then that was it. And so then how much time did he do in prison? He did about 22 months, many, many years later. Oh, so it wasn't a big. Yeah. And that's all he did? <laughs> that's all he did. Yeah. And then what about your what about the money? Like what what did you live off of? Like did all the money have to go back to the yes, people that he like all stole? All the from? money went back. And I was happy to and give it back. And was it like now like with Erica Jane from Real Houses of Beverly Hills, yes. people were trying to, you know, they're they're you gotta give these seven hundred fifty thousand yes. dollar earrings back. And then no, they weren't bought with the with the yes. victim's money. They were bought with this. Like, did you have to give I gifts gave and, it all back. Oh really? Yeah, because I gave it I I just, it was- What about your like engagement ring? Oh, I, yeah, I gave it back. Oh, really? You're yeah. just like taking it I all? took a million dollars of jewelry and I drove it to the courthouse with a bodyguard. And I they took all my homes, everything. I would say I left with my kids and my curtains because <laughs> I got to take some furniture. Um, but I was happy to give it back because the, the people needed the money. And then where, then what did you live off after that? Now, how old are you? So now You're divorced. I'm 30, okay. 31. The kids are how old? The kids are three and five, two and four. I had started a maternity company. Uh -huh. So I had a website, a store. For maternity clothes. Yeah, for maternity clothes. Because I was wearing old designer clothes. And then I was like, I don't want to wear that. So I started to make clothing. So I had a little business. Okay. And, um, and it was working. 
So I had some independence, not, I mean, not clearly what I had, but yeah. that was okay. That was okay. And so you had just like a, a like a normal little home. So yeah. So then what happens is, about, and is he giving you any money or no? Because he's in prison and he has no money. He he wasn't in prison yet. Oh. and I, I don't know if he was giving me money or but he just had kids. some money. Yeah, he could see the kids. Sure. Uh-huh. He went to our Southampton home. I stayed in our Brookville home, and then about so a, wait, you, so you got to keep two homes just for the year. Oh, for one year. For one year. And, and then they, they took the Hamptons. Then home. they took them both. And then what happens okay. a year and a half later, I met my current husband. How did you meet him? On a blind date. By the same woman? What if Not it was, the same woman. What if it was the same woman? <laughs> it was a different woman. <laughs> that would have been a red flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, different woman. And... He lives in California, and he was in the garment business too, like me. Uh-huh. So we shared that interest. He had three kids, still, you know, still does. And so he said, "You know, why don't you move to California?" And I was like, "That is the best idea I've heard in a long time." Because I wanted to get my kids out of New York. I didn't want them to deal with that legacy of Jordan that yeah. wasn't theirs to carry. And we moved and had a whole new fresh start. So you moved and and started living in the South Bay. Yes, in the South uh, Bay. Which is like the Manhattan Beach area with yeah. your kids. So they went to school there and everything. Yeah. And then where was Jordan then? Would he just come? He, he for- followed the kids. Oh, so he then was living yeah, in California. Yeah, then he moved to California. He's a good dad. Jordan's a uh-huh. really good dad. Yeah. He loves his kids and my kids love him. It's really nice. And so when did the book come out and become a movie? Like, what oh, was going on with yeah. that? <laughs> and so here I am. I think I've, like, escaped all of this. Right. right? You have a different last name. Who would I'm know like, anything, yeah, right? Nobody knows anything in California. And, you know, my ex-husband, God bless him, he is a genius. He decides to write a book while he's in jail. Oh, okay. So uh, I guess Cheech and Chong told him to write it. I was a cellmate. I don't know. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah so he writes a book. And... He shows it to me, and I, I'm so dramatic, and I read it, and I'm like, what? You know, I call him up. How could you do this? He's like, I did it for us. I'm like, no, you did it for you. Like, just say because it. Because what did you not like about it, the book? Well, first of all, my life with him, as much fun as we had, was really scary and really traumatic. And and he wrote it very funny, and I didn't think it was so funny. <laughs> it, it is a funny movie. And it is funny. And I mean, with that scene of him on the Quaaludes and going down the stairs oh, of the country the club. That's my favorite and the, scene. And, you know, and then yes. uh, Jonah Hill is hilarious in it as well. Yes, and yes, yes. So it Throwing was, the little people around. <laughs> yes, God. no, I mean, I they mean, were crazy. Yeah. And so I just didn't like it. It wasn't my narrative. I mean, it was my first response. Yeah. And I would like threw myself in bed and cried. My husband was like, it's time to get up now. Yeah. And then I woke, you know, I was like, okay. And then I accepted it. I do Mm -hmm. that. I have to feel my feelings, express them. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to accept this. And so then I decided to go back to school to be a therapist at 39. So for any of those females that don't think they can have a career later, we both know you can. Yeah. yeah, Right? Yeah. And and then, (laughs) leave it to Jordan, now he's got to make a movie. With Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese. Now, did you know it was being shopped as a movie, or when did, or did you only know when it was like, okay, it's actually here's the deadline article. Yeah. This is all cast. Or no, you no, knew it was inevitable because we we have a we have a good relationship, and he would talk. But did to you me. ever think no, that? No, I thought it was going to be like a lifetime movie. I mean, did, did you think it was going to be like Oscar contender? You know, I should have known better knowing him. Yeah, I should have known better. But I was like, oh, it'll never happen. Yeah, <laughs> and then sure enough. 
it happened. And it was really crazy timing because 2013, that's when I was getting my doctorate and I was writing my dissertation. And I had my private practice because I had my master's. And I'm like, who the hell is going to want to come to me as a therapist? <laughs> I mean, I'm going to look like a crazy person. But ironically, the opposite happened. Totally, because you have the experience. You're not someone, you know. Yes, I'm walking It's my not talk. like a Catholic priest giving advice on how to yes. stay married. Right. You know, it's right. like, well, how do you know? You know, like you've been through yes, it. Yes, I've right. been through it. So yeah. I was worried about that definitely for a few moments. And I made them change my name because I they, they wanted to use my name. I said, no, I make no money. I have no creative input. The story is not from my perspective. You can't use my name. So that's why they didn't use my name. What do they call her? Naomi. Oh, Naomi. I mean, that everybody knew it was me anyway. But it was like by one, like, trying to have some independence. Yeah, but it's like they pick a very similar looking girl and everything about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Margot Robbie. Yeah. Yeah. So so then I, you know, Paramount was nice enough. They sent my husband and I to a private screening. And we just were like, okay. That was the only thing you got out of the movie. Yeah. Was the, was the, you just didn't have to spend $10 on the and ticket. And no popcorn. Yeah. No popcorn. But we did that. And then Jordan and I took our son because he was a teenager. Because yeah. my kids were going to the premiere anyway. And I was like, you know what? It's not that bad. Yeah. It could have been a lot worse. I enjoyed the movie. And um, the movie came out on Christmas Day. And I have my kids Christmas morning. Jordan has them in the afternoon. And I could tell Jordan was feeling weird. And I was like you know what, why don't you guys come over? Why don't you guys come over for prime rib and cream spinach? And we watched old movies of the kids the day the movie came out. And so your husband has always been fine. They have a oh, ni- that's so lovely nice. when the, you know, when your ex can get along with your new yeah. husband. And did he ever get married or have any more kids? No, he was engaged for nine. Well, he's now he's currently married. He was engaged for nine years. And now he married a really lovely young woman, Christina. She's great. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. That is awesome. Okay, so so he is he is fine with now you telling your side of the story and you kind of explaining. Well, fine is a <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think it's been a little challenging for him, but he he's accepted it and we do have a really good relationship and we've always kept a good relationship for our kids. Yeah. And I always say to my patients, like, I know how hard it is to divorce a narcissist and deal with people like this and post-separation abuse is real. But if you could figure it out and keep it civil for the kids, do it. It's so important. Now, I, my, I have some questions about some yeah. of the stuff that we talk about in the book. Narcissists. First, the love, the love bombing yes. like thing. Now- I'm curious, did Jordan do this with his last fiance and his now wife? Does a guy yeah. know that he's doing it or can they grow out of it? Can they recognize it? I think it's part of their personality. They, a lot of them, like Jordan, go big or go home. Yeah. And I think it's the way he shows love. You know, I don't think he thinks, oh, I'm going to love bomb her. But right. I think it's who he is. And it's a great tactic because it works. Yeah. And um, and like explain a little bit because I feel like narcissism, it is a name that I think a word that I do think is being overused. Yes, and I 
I believe you people can have narcissistic traits, but are you really a narcissist unless you have nine of the 11 or like, how do you yes. get the, how <laughs> the do you official. legally be called a narcissist without just the word be thrown around? Because I think a lot of people get confused thinking it, it means you're vain or conceited and it's not that. Yeah. How would you best like describe Right. It. And that's that's one of my pet peeves about uh, psychobabble, right, mm -hmm. is that we're, there's a lot of misinformation. So in my book, I actually don't call the, the man in the trauma bonds a narcissist. I call him a pathological lover because pathological means mentally unwell, right? So okay. they usually have some narcissistic traits, some psychopathic traits, usually a substance abuse disorder, some compulsive process sexual addiction. So it's a very complex personality. Narcissism is actually the lightest mm -hmm. of the personality traits. If they're just a narcissist, great. You know, that just means they're self-absorbed, grandiose, um, need a lot of admiration. But it's the mix of all of the um, bad personality traits because usually they're very hostile and antagonistic and very selfish. And this is the way I say it. This person will do anything to get their needs met for money, pleasure, power, and status. They will exploit, betray, and use people that they love. That's that's a true narcissist. That's a true, yeah, okay. pathological person will do that to the people that they love. Right. And it's painful. I mean, I think people need to look at that and when they think maybe they're with a narcissist, go, okay, well, then I'm probably not with one because, they, right. because this person wouldn't do that. Do right. I think, that, do, you know, like... You know, do they admit that they're wrong? No, like never. But right. does that mean that they right. want my birthday to suck? Like right. I'm watching all these things on TikTok and yes, they're like, yes. a narcissist will make sure that every holiday is ruined and make sure that if it's yeah. something for you, they'll set out to like pick a fight <laughs> that morning and everything. And right. so it's then there's people that I've thought have been kind of narcissistic in my life. And then when I go through those lists, I'm like, oh, actually they're not. Right. And then I've had like Dr. Drew say, well, some narcissistic traits are good. You know, yes. most, most pilots, you kind of want the pilot yes. flying your plane to be a little narcissistic because you want them to have the confidence right. to know that they are the best at doing this job. That's right. That's like it's right. not, it's, in some ways, it can just be a very, yes. knowing that you're very capable yeah. and believing in yourself too. Exactly. You know? And those are the good qualities. But, you know, at the end of the day, abuse is about control, right? So that's really what happens in a trauma bond is that, the person is really controlled and abused by their partner. So they have to have two things for a trauma bond. They have to have a power imbalance, meaning that one person holds the power. Sometimes they get that power by being dominating and intimidating, right? And so we fear them. Right. So we're like, okay, you're in charge. Because they're screaming and yelling. Yeah, and like, you're, you're just like, forget it. Fine, I won't go out to lunch with my friend. Right. You know? And then the other thing is that you have to have intermittent abuse. So people have this thing like it's a cycle of abuse. No. If it was a cycle of abuse, it'd be easy to track. It's intermittent abuse. 75% of the time, they're usually controlling, abusive, betraying, lying, manipulative. 25 to 35% of the time, they're generous, helpful, and kind. So it's the mix of those two different behaviors and the intensity of them both that keep the bond. And then what if you're also intermittent, doing intermittent <laughs> fasting? Intermediate? Wait, inter intermittent. Intermittent, intermittent fasting? Yeah. Along with intermittent <laughs> then relationship you might be angry. Yeah, yeah. So, that, so those are the two things that you really need to have a trauma bond. So that's why people- Now, when you say yeah. trauma bond, don't you have to bond with somebody else? 
No, you're oh. you're bonding with that person traumatically, oh, even though they're the one who's causing it. Yes, oh. that's. See, what, I thought a trauma bond was something like like yes. you and I both have lived through trauma. A lot of people think that. Oh, yes. Okay. No, you're bonded to a person who's traumatizing you. Oh. Hmm. Yes. Now, like, is there is there any t- like I feel like when someone comes in there with someone like this, the it's always like, well, it's never going to get better. Get out. That's yeah, that. Yeah. But like, is there is there any situation in which someone can go, all right, I just have to change the way I react because I, I do want to stay with this person. I don't like these things about this person. I think this person yeah. is wrong. But I don't know, maybe play along and let them think they got their way. I don't know. How do you how does someone do that? That is that. What is the solution if you're not willing to like if you're not willing get divorced, to leave. sell yeah. your house? Yeah, I think the solution is to really because um, I think in a trauma bond we're very focused on the other person, mm-hmm. and I think the solution is to turn the mirror back on yourself and get really focused on yourself. And if you have children, focused on your children because if you make a choice to say, and I have no judgment on any of that, right? Then better yourself. You know, make sure you're physically healthy, mentally healthy. Get into therapy. Uh, maybe make sure you have a career. So if you do want to leave, you have some financial independence. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, relationships and marriages are so complex. Right. You know, so I, there's no judgment. Plenty of women come to me and I we just might hold it for years till they're ready to leave. It's not my job. Mm-hmm. Right. When someone chooses to leave, that's a very personal decision. Now, unless they're in physical danger, right. then that's very different. But have you ever had someone where it actually, where you were like, this person absolutely should leave? Yes. And they don't. But then years later, it did get better or does it never really get better? Or does the guy ever change or no? If it's that extreme that I'm really thinking they should leave, yeah, they the guy usually doesn't get better. Now, does that mean that I haven't seen men get better? I have, and there's been one incident. Let's talk about the one the, positive. <laughs> where the one, where the man realizes the woman doesn't need him. Oh, and he wants to change because listen, I wouldn't be a therapist if I didn't think people could change. Yeah, I'm in the business of helping people change. Right, right. right? So yeah, when they realize you don't need them, sometimes they they change. Oh, but yeah. they have to want to. Right, right, and that's not up to you. Right, exactly. No. And then what are these, um, you talk about the, the clusters. Oh, yeah, the cluster B personality. Yeah, explain so that, that. So that's where narcissism, uh, antisocial personality disorder, borderline and histrionic personality disorder, those are the personality disorders that lend themselves to pathological people, usually antisocial. Explain histrionic. Because I feel like that's something that we don't hear a lot about. That um, I definitely know someone who was. Mm -hmm. And I was always like, is this person bipolar? Like, da-da-da-da. And not until someone's like, I think that she's histrionic, and then sent me the stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, this explains everything. So explain a little bit what histrionic is. Yeah, so... Similar to all the cluster B personalities, these people are dramatic. To have a relationship feels dramatic and erratic. Uh, They're very reactive. They can be very needy. They can just like start to get angry at you over nothing. They can need a lot of attention. So yeah, it's a person that's very dramatic and erratic in their relationships. So we call them personality disorders, but now people want to call them interpersonal 
interpersonality disorders because it's not just like anxiety and depression. It greatly affects the people, as you're saying, like with your friend that you're in relationship with, right? Yeah. It affected you to be in relationship with a person like that. Yeah. And it's frustrating. Yeah. Right. So that's the cluster B. But then they have the psychopathy. Then they have Machiavellianism. What is that? Highly manipulative. Like, let's look at Jordan setting me up on that date. That's highly manipulative. Because you just thought it was just like a casual dinner thing. Yeah. So they With can... this girl that was supposed to be your friend. <laughs> yes. Yes. And seeking you out and everything. Yes. They really can be... fixated on you. Yeah. They can be highly manipulative. And then the psychopathic part is very cold, very callous, very insensitive. If you notice, they can hurt their partners a lot, betray them time and time again, cheating on them with no remorse or empathy. It's like, get over it. It wasn't that bad. And when a cheater is like that, like, yeah. get over it, like, is it, is it like, get over it because I own a helicopter or because I'm rich <laughs> or like, what is, like, I, I do think there's women that, you know, accept cheating or yes. whatever because they're like, yeah, but as long as you don't bring her home and you don't bring her around and you don't have a baby with her, mm -hmm. I'm just going to compartmentalize because I do have this fabulous life. Like I've had people that I, that, yeah, you know, sure. I've talked to girls and they're like, I just told her, look around, look around, deal with it. Yeah. You know, like women who are married to like, you know, yes, very hundred yes. million, whatever dollar people. Yeah. And I mean, it's not what I would want, you know, um, it's not what I could deal with. I don't think because it's like, it's like the trust of like, yeah, I'm just supposed to not know where you are or, right. um, I mean, like, what about those type of people? What about a woman that has you ever had a woman that comes to you and is like, listen, my husband cheats. He has da, da, da. I'm just trying to find a way that I can still love and respect him because I don't want to leave. Like how? Oh, yeah. I would just I feel have, like you're like, an, like playing an actress. Like, how are you supposed to want to sleep with this person or even yeah. enjoy a conversation when you're like, yeah. I fucking hate you. You're I know. cheating the, with this girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of women stay out of fear, emotional dependency, financial dependency. But also the thing about a trauma bond is hope is the hook. They think that maybe they're going to change or maybe they'll recognize their ways. And, you know, usually they don't. But what happens in this relationship is the woman's very confused because, remember, he has two masks. He's good and he's bad. So then she starts to think, is he really bad or is he really good? Am I crazy or is this relationship normal? Wait, is the relationship bad? Is it good? So she has something called cognitive dissonance where she's always confused about, is he good? Am I good? Am I bad? Is he good? Is the relationship good? And that's really confusing. And what the research shows, and that's what I write about in my book, it shuts off your executive functioning. Like mm. you really can't think and plan and organize when you're so confused internally. Right. It's very, you know, and that's why people say, oh, she should leave. It's very, we're talking about very complex psychological topics. Yeah. You know. I um, I saw this thing where this woman asked her husband, it was on a TikTok. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> he's probably like late 60s, 70s. And she's like, I just want to ask you, you know, why do you think men cheat? And he's like, well, you know, I've worked with men all my life, which lets me tell you he's probably finance, something that's a yes, lot of men. Yes. And he goes, and there's this thing back in my day called big man on campus. 
Okay. Men want to feel like they're the big man on campus. Yeah. And it it's it's with them. It's not the wife. It's not because their wife isn't sleeping with them enough or being sweet enough or pretty enough. It's that when they're is that somebody at work or somebody outside their home makes them once again feel like the quarterback, yeah. feel like the big man campus, either they maybe were once at one time or they never were. And that is why then they yeah. pursue someone. Yeah. Well, I have two thoughts on that. Yeah. One is that um, men like that want to be admired, but I try to teach them love is not admiration. <laughs> and a lot of times they feel entitled to it and they feel superior. Yeah. They really, there's a great book, Why Does He Do That? by Lindsay Bancroft, who's a total expert in this field. He's worked with these men for 30 years. And he says it quite simply, they feel entitled and superior. And especially if they're really successful. Yeah. I should get what I want when I want it. I make this much money. Yeah. But not thinking about- Doesn't mean about, that I want to leave my wife. Right. Doesn't mean she's not lovely and wonderful. But but, yet, but, I, want, but I want this need right. met but right now. An, I want this right. ego fed. Right. Yeah. So if we go, they will do anything to get their needs met, right? At their partner's expense, but not understanding that there's another person on the side of that that loves them, that's that has feelings for them. But if their feelings are shallow in general, they they can't relate to it. They don't have empathy for their wives. Um, you know, I have I've know somebody, and um, her husband cheated on her, married the woman, and I really his life. I mean, she turned out to be absolutely awful, awful. I mean. Yeah. Just, and just the worst. It's over with now. Uh, and I said to her, I go, I got to know, <laughs> you know, and she's still so lovely. Yeah. Inviting him over for Christmas, yeah. being great about the and kids. She's... And then this, the second wife made her life hell unnecessarily. Okay. Aww. But I said, now, has he ever just said, God, did I fuck up? Because <laughs> my friend is still gorgeous, fabulous. Now lovely. She's, now she's met the next love of her life Good. or whatever. But like, she was never going to get divorced. She yeah. was still down to have yeah. sex and and work, make money, be a delight, decorate the home, like everything yes, along. Yes. And it was really an ego thing where who knows what, but this woman came, she was a patient of his and she just latched on. Yeah. Like just completely latched on hooked into him, convinced him, manipulated him, everything, and then continued to manipulate him and cause problems with his kids and everything for all the years until now she's gone. But like, you know, she said he did. He did finally say something. Mm. He said like, um, he's like, I just want to say, you know, you've just been so great and you didn't have to be because I know I put you through hell. Oh. Well, well, I thought that was kind of nice. That I wanted, was very nice. I wanted a little more detail. I wanted him to really say, what the hell did I do? Yeah, like, a little I, more accountability. Like, I mean, but I got to say- we'll take like, it. But for years, I've been like, he's got to be like, yeah. why the fuck did I yes. cheat? Yeah, maybe. And then end up with this awful person. I know. And you just don't know. You know, <laughs> at least you know what you got when you're married. I mean, but have you had many men- or women that say that they, the men do then say, God, why did I do that? Like, no. had I just stayed with I the first. So I, they, there's not many that go, God, why didn't I just I, stay with this, the first I wife? Because I, sometimes I see these men, right? Yeah. So they have the the, the first wife. They have yeah. the kids and everything. They, they cheat, get divorced. 
And then they meet the girl that's 20 years younger, and she acts like, oh, I love our life. I'm a nice stepmother. Oh, no, I never <laughs> want to have kids. And then sure enough, they're married, and she's like, I got to have kids. Yes. So now he's got two little kids, and he's 57 years old. Right. And he has two little kids with the second wife, and the and the other ones are like <laughs> finally going to college. And I'm like, I just see some of those guys walking around with like a new brace at Disneyland, and they're like sweating. <laughs> and I'm like... Is it really that fun with this one? Yeah. It's literally the same thing, except that you're 30 years older. I know. I know. You know, I say, <laughs> I just say, like, I'm at, like, the grandparent stage right now with my husband. We've been together 24 years. And trust me, marriage is marriage, right? Yeah, yeah. Hasn't been perfect, but we, yeah. we've, we've made it through. And I say to people, if you could just stay in it. That's what I say. It's yeah. so beautiful to be at this stage right now with our grandkids and all of our so kids how old are your together. Grandkids? I have a three-month-old grandson and a three-year-old. And from, it your, is, from your daughter? My daughter just had a baby. Okay. And then my stepdaughter had a baby. And it oh is my God, so, it's so great. much fun. And the family holidays and the vacations, you know, and there is something about family. Well, I mean, that's the thing I've always said, like, to people. I'm always like, do you see yourself babysitting your grandkids together with this man? Yes. And if that's what you want, not that you should have to put up with abuse or anything. Of course. But, you know, like, just take a breath. Yes. Suck it up. Yes. Marriage is, someone said also to, like, Marriage doesn't mean you're, you're guaranteed happiness every day. It's a journey. No, no. Yeah, I always some say, to, say to my patients, if you don't hate your husband once a day, you're not in a good marriage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is work. Yeah. You know? And, and that's, that's different. Like, so we call that situational couples violence or is that, I think that's what it's called. Yeah. And that's different than like, or situational couples fights. Like, that's different than a trauma bond, right? Okay. So like, we all fight. We all fight about what car to buy, how much money to spend, how much sex we're having. I mean, right. these are common. Domestic. There's just domestic yes, stuff too. That like, we disagree. On, yeah. right? Like, or did you, like shut the door, right? Like, or my husband's the, yeah. like, "You're too easy on our son. He's going to not be strong enough." Meanwhile, yeah. he's awesome, right? Yeah. So those are typical fights, right? And we all have to figure out how to communicate and work through those, right? But that's different than the sort of thing that I'm writing about. That's why I put "run like hell," because if you're with a coercively controlling, abusive, betraying person, could has a pattern of that and substance abuse and all the things that go along with that, it's good to get out if you can. And and I believe, too, that like just because he was, you know, you had your situation with him. Yes. 25 years later or whatever, um, based on who he gets with now uh, or married with, like I have this other friend and they had an awful marriage and they had the same birthday not that I'm into like astronomy, but I did think yeah. that was kind of weird. Maybe yeah. like it just, I don't know. It's, it's not <laughs> meant to be just too much like. Very combative, very combative. They have two kids. They break up. He gets married to somebody else, has another kid. And she's like, when you go over there, like, what's it like? Like, do they fight or anything? And the daughter was like, no. Like, they don't. Huh. And I don't, also, I don't think it was all his fault. I do think sometimes it's just... Yes. An awful combination. Yes, that can And be. sometimes you just find someone the second time around that's just, yes. it doesn't mean you're going to have the same relationship every time, you know? Or, right. Or it doesn't mean that 
if this guy was this way with this woman, like that you should be like, oh, well, definitely don't date him. You know, like, I mean, give him a chance, I guess. It's providing right. it's not, you know. Right. Providing it's not too extreme. Yeah. And one of the reasons also why I wrote my, wrote my book is also for like young women to educate yeah. them. Right. Because when I left my ex-husband, nobody was talking about trauma bonds, narcissists, none of yeah. it. I was like totally in the woods on my own. Right. Right. And so I also offered this as a guide to young women because- we need to learn about relationships. We learn about reading, writing, right? Math. Nobody teaches us about relationships and they're the total foundation of our lives. Right. And they're the most important thing. That's what they're what makes life worth living as far as I'm concerned. And so I want to educate young women too what to look out for. Yeah, exactly. It's very important before you end up in all these complicated things. <laughs> what about, um, have you found that when people do get divorced. I, I guess it's all different times, but I always find it really interesting when someone's like, oh, I knew as I was walking down the aisle. Yes. That I shouldn't do it. Yes. And that was me. <laughs> so you you had the doubts. I had that. I had the doubts. Because the yeah. night before he was yeah. wasted. Yes. And, yeah. Well, I did a TikTok about it yeah. where I talk about where we got engaged. Where did you get engaged? In uh, Brooklyn, in, in front of this my favorite fast food restaurant called Rolling Roaster yeah. in Sheepshead Bay. And we're in his Ferrari, and he whips out this five-carat diamond, and he gives it to me. And I, do you want to marry me? I say, yes. But inside my stomach said, uh-oh. Yeah. And I totally ignored my gut. Right. Well, I was going to France on the Concorde, so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it. I think all of that yeah. fun and fabulousness, yes, made me ignore it's my gut. It's going to be very, or or anything. What it is, you're, the wedding's planned, or you're of an age that you're like, yes. I really want to be a mom. That's and true. So true for so many women. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, well, it's now or never. Like, and yes. I've even had people be like, I was like, hey. Well, maybe I'll be divorced at 40 with a four-year-old, but at least I'll have a four-year-old. At least I'll yes. have tried or whatever. Yes. Because half the people get divorced anyway. So who's to say? Right. I That's don't know. True. That's I mean, true. sometimes maybe it is okay to yeah. take the leap or whatever, but and I mean, yeah. who's ever going to totally know? You never really know. You yeah. never really know. But there are red flags yeah. now yeah. that I now illuminate, you know, like look out for these if you see them. What are some of the top red flags before we wrap yeah, it up? Yeah, so substance abuse, um, if they tell you their ex was the craziest person in the world, if they don't respect your boundaries, if they want to monopolize all your time. So there are, there are things like that. What if they like want that. a threesome? <laughs> Initially, might be an issue. Yeah. <laughs> we could do that maybe 10 years down the road. You know, but like sex should be good and healthy in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> I just saw that the prime minister of Italy, she's a female, attractive yeah. woman, looks like yeah. maybe she's in her 40s or something, um, and hot boyfriend. She said they, they a story is they broke up because he wanted a threesome and a foursome and it was like recorded or whatever. And I'm like, you are the running a country. <laughs> How do you and have time your, for that? And your man is still like, um, can you go down on this girl while I watch? Like, what the hell? Like, I don't have I enough know. to do in my life. <laughs> yeah, that's and, like, and then she admitted that. I this is the this was like on TMZ or I saw the story. Yes, I saw the story yes. and I read just the headline. Oh boy. But it was th that they broke up, and I guess allegedly the rumor is this is the reason why. But mm, she said, my... We're just going our separate ways or whatever. Yes. Okay. 
But I'm like, it's it's a crazy world. We yeah, live it doesn't in. matter if you're like running a country or it if you're just a matter. housewife. And I think that's like a really beautiful point to mention is that. And I, that's why one of the reasons I wrote my book is that let's stop blaming the woman. It doesn't matter if she's the most beautiful actress, if she's a housewife, if she's a teacher, no matter who she is, it happens to everyone and everybody. Right. It just does. So stop saying she's codependent, she's this, she's that. No, she's just a person on the planet that wants to be loved and yeah. ends up with the wrong person. Or when people are like, I can't believe I ble believed this con man who might be stealing your money but yes. or also cheating or be a con man of love okay right i can't believe i'm so stupid i'm so stupid why would you why do you no you're not stupid right why is it wrong to believe that's that right. someone thought you were fabulous and that someone was right. into you and that, that's like right. why would you're lovable why is that why shouldn't you believe that someone's exactly. intentions are good exactly because your intentions are good well, that's you're exactly walking out on the happens. world being a happy person and a good person. So then, why would you think not everybody would be a good person? Exactly, that's exactly what happens. We start to see the world through our lens, and we think everybody else sees the world that way, but yeah. they don't. Yeah, but they don't. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited um, that you came here. It's run like hell, Nadine Macaluso. That Italian? Yeah. yeah, I married a crazy Sicilian. Oh, nice. <laughs> and you tell everybody where they can pre-order the book. Yeah, you can go to Amazon and pre-order the book. And how uh, can they follow you? Because you Yep, they yeah. can see me on the real Dr. Nadine on Instagram. I post every single day about all this stuff. I've been doing it since 2012, I think. And now I got this crazy following on TikTok. Good. <laughs> and that's Dr. Nay N-A-E-L-M-F-T. And I only did that because one of my young patients was like, you have to go on TikTok. And Isn't I'm it cool. great? Though? It's great. great. And I'm glad I did. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of fun. Well, I'm, I'm so glad you came. Thanks, Heather. And I'm glad you're a juicy scooper, too. Oh, I am a serious juicy scooper. I need it after all my serious days as a therapist. Good. That's what I like. I like it that, you know, it's. It's a nice little escape, you it know. Really it really is. It good. really is. It works. Thanks, Heather. Thank you.